0: Elder Scrolls Podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chachinski and Dog Bark24.
1: Welcome everyone to episode 54 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you, as always, your host, Bob Chachinsky, here with my good good friend. Dog Bark twenty four. How's it going this week, my dude? It's going pretty good. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for asking. And this week, we are very excited to be here with you, as always. And we're gonna have a little bit of fun this week because uh, we talked some PvP last week. Well, well, dog talked some PvP last week. Well, I mainly, honestly, and you know, probably. A little bit too asleep than I should have You know it was a long week last week So much mid-year Right dog so much mid-year But this week We got more fun stuff to talk about Because We have pretty much The biggest test ever coming to Ceredale So we got plenty of stuff To talk about with that And on top of that we got A awesome awesome review In the last couple weeks That has asked us to go over some very specific pvp stuff so we're gonna go over all that as well so it's just gonna be another awesome pvp episode and we're we're excited to bring it to you guys honestly you know how much we love talking pvp i we i feel like we don't do it enough but dog you know you never know with him he's still mad that he can't heal people but it's it's coming Dog. it's
2: coming back <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's coming, man. Yeah. Don't worry. So five more days. Five, five more days. days. <laughs> it's Monday, man. You can't oh, four on your days. There four you go. Days. <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, you never know. It like, might be three <laughs> days, or it might be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it could be the day it happens. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but so we are clearly very excited, and we have some more PvP stuff to talk about. So. Not much news this week, and although I usually toss it to dog for the news here, but there's there's pretty much nothing that we have to talk about other than, of course, patch notes and PTS stuff going on. We don't really touch patch notes until they become official because things can keep getting crazy and crazy. But I like just have to say that we have noticed quite a influx in listeners in this last month and definitely a couple weeks and uh, we just want to welcome you all to the family thank you guys for stopping in and listening to us and we hope you stick around Uh, and it's just uh, it's been cool to see that uh, year two starts and it's it's kicking off with a boom so we're excited to be here we have plenty to talk about it's gonna be a very fun year we are just Weeks away now from uh, big, big changes coming in the game. Dogden and I have some pretty solid plans to uh, be getting you guys prepared for that stuff as it's coming out. And we're just gonna keep uh, keep growing here and expanding. And yeah, things are constantly still <laughs> in the works for us. We're we're you know the hair slowly or not the hare the turtle slowly beats the hare right dog in the race slow but steady free right. 100% 100% so anyways just wanted to drop that in there and as always to all our listeners and supporters thank you guys for hanging out and uh it's coming up on well not quite the end of the month but you know we always have an end of the month giveaway on twitter Four crown crates. You can go enter for that every month. Last month the winner was at Solo Planes. Dude is awesome, and he's just been shouting our podcast. And you know, super uh, thanks to that. So dude, we're just shouting people out this episode. This is awesome, man. We love the uh, we love the support from you guys. So plenty to talk about. Plenty to talk about. Dogged. What the heck, man? You did not play enough mid year with me. I'm mad. You know,
2: I couldn't heal my friends and that made me mad. Like, okay, but you could heal your friends, just not like all like (laughs) you couldn't heal your acquaintances. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hear me on. All right. When I see a bomber and I say bomb and I put down heels to, you know, prevent the bomb. And then I look at my death recap and it's three vicious deaths. That makes me mad. (laughs) <laughs> because I should be able to heal those. I should have got no vicious deaths. Nobody should have died, but instead I see three wishes deaths and I get mad.
1: The worst part for me honestly with this whole not healing thing is I keep I see the people's heal AoE on the ground and it makes me go to it. Yes, Does that's it also heal big... me. And I also see they're like um is it heedy from that, that set, the procs with the big fire circle around it?
2: Yeah, I think so. Heedy, has one. Yeah,
1: so Heedy, and I see it every time, and I'm like, oh yes, it's supposed to heal me, I'm running to it. Oh, man. It doesn't heal <laughs> me. So, I I know that they get it as much as anyone, and I'm excited to see it come back, just like you are, dogged. And I can guarantee, I've been playing plenty of Greyhose lately, just silently, I just chill. I don't go in the chat. And you know, sometimes I want to, but I don't, because you know, just chat is crazy. But regardless, I can guarantee you a lot of them are excited to see healing coming back to you. So that's pretty awesome. Monday, February uh fifteenth here.
2: Yep, it can't come soon enough.
1: Yeah, and we're not only going to see A lot of uh, healing coming back But we're going to see that new test Starting as well And uh, I was excited to see as When you told me That they're bringing back the double AP As they did for the last test When they're doing the first test cycle So With that Why don't we just go ahead And get right into our scores For the week and get that out of the way On the PC side of things We have well, PC Stadia for NA. We've got eight days left in the campaign. DC is leading at 70.9K. Ebonheart Pact right behind them at 66K. And the Mary Dominion in last at 64K. So Dagger Falls is building a decent lead. Only about a week left. Hopefully we could hang on in there. On the EU side of things, we've got AD leading. 75.5k Ebenheart packed in second. Ebonheart packed in second at 64k and Daggerfall Covenant, unfortunately, in last 54.4k. So, looks like you know, things are uh, flipping around on NA and E side of things over there. Ebenheart packed in second on both, though, staying solid. So, Dogged, let's start the console side of things. How is Xbox looking this week?
2: Xbox is looking, you know, pretty fine, actually, you know. There's 23 days left in these campaigns. And, you know, for Xbox NA, you have DC in first with the 30.4K. Then you have EP greatly behind with 16.5K. Then you have AD in last with 15.6K.
1: DC in the lead. DC in the lead.
2: Yeah. I forgot to check if that guy still had Emperor. I, I don't remember. He probably oh, he, doesn't.
1: We <laughs> tweeted
2: about it if you guys saw it. There was a
1: guy that had Emperor. Like it held for over four days. Oh, it's a four? Wow. Yeah. Well, the first time Graham told me about it, it was four. I don't know <laughs> how much longer he held it, but... I'm pretty sure when he told me they had five out of six castles, so it wasn't like they were gonna lose it anytime <laughs> soon. Yeah, that that was a very very powerful stand, though very impressive.
2: Yeah. All right, so for Xbox EU, we have DC in first again with 26k, 80s in second with 19.4k, and EPs in last is 16.8k. So both you know Xbox servers DC's leading by a lot. So how is the uh, PlayStation scores going, Bob?
1: So for the PlayStation side of things, we have heart Pack leading the NA with uh twenty three k Fall Covenant right behind him at twenty one point five, and on Mary Dominion, very close third place at twenty one k. So we're starting to see things closing up over there in the PlayStation side of things again, as they usually are, especially on the NA. And as far as the EU server, we have the Albemarle Dominion up in the lead from worst to first, 22.5k. Ebonheart Pack down to second, 22k. And the Daggerfall Covenant, once again, unfortunately, in last, 21.8k. However, things are still very close over there as they are on the NA side of things. So I'd say PlayStation is definitely showing the uh, closest battle over there for Grey House. So getting back to uh, what it was for the majority of the year last year. Interesting, to say the least. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting indeed, Dog. And another interesting thing is... Our main topic for the week. Because we are entering the second huge phase of serial testing that we're going to see. We saw a lot of it happen at the late stages of last year. We went weeks where AoEs didn't work. Or we had weeks where AoEs had cooldowns. We had a weeks where healing didn't work. We had a lot of weeks where <laughs> healing didn't work. And then... We all kinds of things in between. There's plenty of testing. And. They found not too much. In light of it. So this time around, it seems that they're going for a bit larger scale of a test. Dog, why don't you elaborate
2: a bit on that? All right. So the note from the dev reads, uh. Last year, we ran a series of tests in the live EC mega servers in an effort to identify potential solutions for the ongoing performance issues in Ceredale. And then their, their previous rounds of testing in Ceredale last year concluded with some interesting data that pointed us towards various avenues to explore for both future tests and long-term solutions. However, those tests did not provide a definitive, this will fix all of the things solution. They did find that slowing down calculations on the server per combat action does indeed help with performance, but again, not to an appreciable amount where it could be a permanent solution. More tests are necessary to follow various branches of thought regarding server performance and combat calculations. As such, we will be forming at least one more test where we are affecting how much information is processed per combat action by eliminating the items that procs in Ceredo.
1: Now... I don't know if it's just me, but just seeing that, you know, proc is spelt P R O C and it's a word that other people say and a developmental standpoint, it's like, all right, that's cool. Is a proc said to them? Yes, I agree. Because <laughs> I like, was like, you know, maybe, it's like, art. Like, is that, you know, like, yeah, right? Like, some words in this
2: are just weird. Like, are we making this word up? (laughs) Like, if you look it up, like on the dictionary through Google, it doesn't actually have a thing. So, (laughs) at least least when I looked it up, probably like a few months ago.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, as dogs
2: said, yeah, it's pretty
1: much. They didn't. They they found improvements, but they're gonna limit a lot of sets. Like. Pretty much, I would almost say like 99% of the sets in the game. So on February 15th, they say, we will be disabling item set bonuses outside of pure stat gain. This means any item set which has a proc or condition, which is driven by an ability, will have that ability disabled. And they're specifically implying, the five-piece bonuses for the sets here. There are 19 sets in the game that are not affected, and we will read them as follows. As far as the five-piece sets go, we have Amberplasm, Prayer Recovery, Beekeeper's Gear, Health Recovery, Crafty Elfique slash Hooking Draugr, Overall Magicka slash Overall Stamina. Fortified Brass. Armor. Hunting's Rage and Law of Julianos. Weapon slash Spell Damage. Impregnable Armor. Overall Crit Resistance. Leviathan and Mother Sorrow. Overall Weapon and Spell Crit. Plague Doctor. Overall Health. Shackle Breaker. 2K Stamina and magica Spinners and Spriggins. that grant Spell and Weapon Penetration. We read off these five-piece bonuses because, as you can see, they are all the flat statistical bonuses that are going to make the set continue to work because the game doesn't have to Have a check on that set to see, is it this, is it that, is it anything? It's just a flat bonus that is constantly applied to your character when the five-piece is applied. Dogged, what about the three-piece sets
2: that we can use? All right, so first you have Armor of the Trainee, which actually has three bonuses compared to the other stuff, which is, you know... 1450 health magica, stamina in that order you have endurance which gives you 1900 health and then 600 health recovery grace of the ancients which is 3500 max magicka total you have a uh, willpower and agility which give you 1700 magicka or stamina respectively and then 200 spell damage or weapon damage respectively but then this will last for uh, three weeks and then pretty much this lasts until the new DLC slash the new CP changes. So as soon as the new DLC drops, the uh test will be over.
1: Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to say the least. There is a lot of sets that are not gonna be able to have their full five piece going. However, there's gonna be a lot of different combinations that if you haven't spent a lot of time in under, you know, fifty, you know, uh, cereal or whatever, you might not have, you know, cared about crafted sets or regional sets that much. But when you do play in that, those are the sets that really make a difference because they're much easier to get at the level you're looking for. So... Dogged and I have had a bit of experience, and when I seen this immediately, I thought, you know, Spinners and Julianas is going to be pretty hard-hitting, which the literal uh Stam version of those magic sets I just said is Spriggins and Huntings. So, you know, honestly, I thought, personally, these right off the rip might be the best. And I said that, and Dogged was like, Went like freaking robo dog mode and was like, Hold the phone, I'm gonna do some calculus real quick and prove you wrong. And uh, it looks like he wants to share that with you
2: guys, yeah. You know, as one does, you know, if you have to prove five wrong doing calculus, it, it's worth it.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> was just bombarding me, I couldn't even stop. Was like, oh, my
2: God, dog, I get it, man. It's, you're right!
1: Please stop that.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, you know, the math doesn't check out. Especially, you know, one of the big things that uh, Julianos or Hundings gives is crit. And you really don't want crit in your PvP build. That's actually, like, the exact opposite you want to do. You just want damage or anything else. And your total stats with those two would be 3,300 magical or stamina, 460 damage... 1666 crit and 3460 pen plus whatever uh, two set pieces you have left over you can do like monster helm and shoulders if you want more health you just grab a piece of the armor of the trainee because that gives you a little bit more health over a monster set piece and yeah now if you were to go to you know spinners or willpower now if you were to go into uh, spinners and willpower or spriggins and agility if you're stamina, you get 3950 magic and stamina, 465 damage, and 3460 pen. And you know, that's much more magic and stamina, and only like only like five more damage. But you have four more pieces left over to give yourself even more, you know, damage, or maybe some recovery or more Magicka and stamina, or whatever you want
1: Yeah so Pretty much Dog is just like math in and out Right here and It continues to get deeper
2: Yeah cause you know I wanted I was interested in finding like you know The best combination If he was that so you know I could file The short list of like different sets And yeah so, if you want like two extra damage and one Magicka passives, you would want to pair uh, those sets up with the uh, Overwhelming Surge, which comes from Tempest Island, Spell from Rewards of the Worthy. If you just did the uh, PvP event. You probably have a lot of those. Uh, and Way of Martial Knowledge, which is Craghorn. Um, if you want to do one magic, if you want to do one next Magicka and like two Recovery, is, you know, maybe you want to have more recovery inside of Cyrodiil, especially if you go inside the uh, no CP Cyrodiil. You can get that from, like, Hanu. You might have that just lying around. That's from March of Sacrifices. Hades, it's also just probably lying around. If you have it, it's an Ice Reach. Marauder's Haste, which is one that's e- more easier to farm. That's from Southern Elsewhere. Shroud of the Lich, or Vestments of the Warlock, which comes from Crypts of Hearts and Selene's Web. And then Seducer, which is crafted. If you want to do two damage and one penetration, then you could do Stun's Favor, which is also crafted. And it's you know, pretty good. Now, if you want to do some damage along with recovery, there is one, but it's the Weird Tree Blessing, which comes from a Glenumbra, and it's a heavy set. So if you want to have that five light armor, you'd have to go with the weapons and two pieces of heavy armor. So. Which
1: yeah. is always mo- more work, but you can always check the guild traders. So you might just find what you're looking for. Especially checking, you know, Earth Trade Center if you're on PC. Even though th- their website seems to do it for the other consoles, but I haven't checked it.
2: Yeah, I haven't either. You never know though. Always keep that in mind. Yep. And then it's like, you know, Stan builds, I don't forget about you. Even though I don't play you, I'll still get you covered, right? And damn, Dog looking out over <laughs> here. Yeah. I might not like you. You might kill me and, you know, three piece me, but it's okay. I'll still I'll I'll help you along the way, right? That way, Dude, I, no, you know, like I like, help. <laughs> like
1: honestly though, I had this stand blade come up to me and just like I feel like he one piece me. Like, he did three moves <laughs> somehow, but it felt like one moment. Like, just straight up, end cap, sprays Attack, Killer's Blade, and I was just dead. I mean, I w- <laughs> had, like, you know, lower health, but it was just like, I had to just sit there and be like, you know, all right, man. <laughs> like, way to go, dude. <laughs> you hit your combo. That's what's all about, right? You know, hitting the combo, the whole combo.
2: Yeah, yeah. For a uh, stand builds, though, like you have some different options you can do. Like if you want to do just three weapon damage, which is a lot of damage, and I'm gonna probably hate myself for you know promoting this set, but it's a uh, Witch Knight's Defiance, which is from the Reach, and it's something that's easily farmable, no matter what you want. And yeah, you get three weapon damage, which is. What? 390 extra weapon damage? Pretty good. If you want to do two damage and one stamina, you have Morag Tong, which is your Serial, or Sheer Venom. Bra probably has like every set piece of Sheer Venom, because he still so hasn't gotten his uh, staff yet. Yes, you are
1: absolutely correct. I have <laughs> so, so many pieces. And today I thought about coming from Imperial City and I just was like, I'm broken.
2: I can't do it. I can't. Yeah. If you want to do uh, 2 damage to Penetration, you can also do Sun's Favor, which is a crafted set. Same thing that you could use for Magicka because it does Magicka and Stamina. Just weapon damage and spell damage. Yeah. You get the picture. If you want 1 damage and 2 recovery, you have Marksman's Scratch, which is from the Rewards of the Worthy, and award of Syrdo, which is from Cyrodiil, you know, it's kind of in the name. Uh, if you wanted one stamina and two recovery, you have Battlefield Acrobat, which is from Cyrodiil You have hercene from Celine's Web, and you then you have Jailbreaker from the Banished Cells. There is not as many like set options as like there is for Magicka, but you do have a wider variety of like different stuff you can combo with each other.
1: And it looks like for the most part a lot of those sets are able to get from like guild traders and such. Like there's some like Sheer Venom, Pearcings and Jailbreaker. Those are all, you know, dungeon ones, but other than that, it's uh you can get it from guild traders and
2: uh craftable things. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh one of like the other builds I kinda thought about and especially when I was like searching it to see what all these sets did. it was a, it's a health space build it's for a tank. and it's if you were to pair up a, a beekeeper and plague doctor. this would give you 10,000 extra health and 900 health recovery. Think on what you could do with 10,000 extra health. And when you, when you go into PvP, you're already getting actually 5,000 health just right off the rip. So in PvP, you'd have, like, the extra 15,000 health with those two sets. And those extra two pieces that you have could, from a monster set could be, like, just give you straight-up armor from, like, the monster sets that give you armor, which I'm totally blanking on.
1: You know, I'm chilling on that, too, because I fought a yellow necromancer earlier today who had, like, 99.7k health when he turned into his like bone goliath, and you know, yeah. it's just like chill, bro, chill.
2: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I wish I had a you know, a dimwitted necromancer on PC because that's something that I, I actually want to try out now. I just be like, yep, yeah, I am just gonna go bone goliath and I'll have you know 100k health or however much like that would convert uh, to. But at last, I uh, spent them all on uh, Templars.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, classic dog his Templars. But that was some pretty solid research there, man. And you guys got to remember, this is all stuff that uh, he's bringing this to you because these are all the sets you guys are going to be able to use. These are the five pieces in Cyrodiil. That are going to be active. So if you run with any of these builds. He's been talking about. They're going to work. For the next three weeks. So this is a big part of. uh, The testing that's going on. If you want to get in there. And really feel what these other sets. Are going to be like. If you're forced to them. Dog has really laid out some great options here. So uh, yeah. This is one reason we really wanted to talk about this stuff. This episode. Because. This is the Cyrodiil we're going to be living with for three weeks. Like it or not, it's going to be a big test. It's going to be things that uh, I think they're going to see, you know, really how much of an effect these sets have on the game. They have dedicated a lot of sets in the game to having abilities like that for five piece. And if it is entirely detrimental you know, maybe we see them not release nine proc sets a year. Maybe only one, you know, like there may be, you know, maybe they give more sets a flat stat bonus that help move away from overall meta proc sets. Who knows? We're going to see what happens. Tests are good. Yeah. Um. Make sure dog listed some great ones here for you guys. At least one awesome health build. Plenty of stamina options, plenty of magic options. They are there for you guys. So, before we get into the uh, reviews we got recently and some of the answers we want to give to them about stuff they have for PvP, of course, I wanted to take the little middle part of our episode to remind you all that we are part of the oh-so-wildly popular Robots Radio Podcast Network. And as such, can offer you awesome opportunities like getting 15% off your first order Loot Crate or a free month when you sign up for one at Gamefly. Both of those links are in our show notes. When you click the links that we give you, they know that we sent you. And it helps, uh, gives us some kickback. Plus, we've got links in our show notes to things like our merch store things like our uh, ESO dash hub compadres that have all kinds of great information there. And, uh, you know, just like our music, feature, all kinds of stuff. So once again, we love, love, love being a part of robots radio network. And thank you guys so much for all the support you show us in every way. And with that, we are going to get, into uh, the rest of episode here,
2: right after this. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest
0: questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later
2: in the Grey Maybe of Tamriel.
1: Alright. Alright, dog. So my dude, we got a review. And uh for the first time in a review, someone uh was like, Hey, can you guys tell us about some stuff? And I swear I swear I've been saying it for like fifty episodes. Like, if you guys want us to talk about something, we will Freaking do a deep dive on it, man Like, we will tell you what you need to know Because we're just going to go over Everything slowly, but if you want us To get to something, we are Here for you, we are your Knowledge disposal We've got like, what at this point Combined, like ah, I've got 1300 on Xbox 700 On PC, that's like 2000, so we got like 4,000 champion points combined. I mean, small flex, but, you know, we're here to help.
2: Yeah, and, you know, with your, uh, you know, smooth talking and my math skills, right? <laughs> hey,
1: they put us together for a reason, right? Right.
2: So with that, let me uh, pull up our you here
1: so we have a five star review here from privets privats something like that absolutely love this podcast the headlines you guys are both great love hearing you guys talk about eso for more of the pvp side of things i am new to pvp myself and would love some more tips and advice on how to grow as a PvP player. Could you do an episode that answers questions like how do you become an emperor? What are the best sieges for defending a keep? What are some good strategies for taking a castle slash keep? How do you dethrone an emperor? What's the fastest way to gain AP, etc.? Keep those episodes flowing. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you, Prevats. That freaking made our day. And uh, we like prematurely answered maybe a bit of those questions last episode, but we uh, we missed the review. But we're here, saw it this week, and we're gonna make sure. Yes, of course, we can do an episode on that. We freaking love running for emperor, and we would absolutely have nothing less to talk about that and the other PvP questions you talked about, and just. To uh, reach out to the rest of the ESO fam here as we're showing for Prevats. If you guys have anything you guys wanted to talk about, we're always here for you. Plus, while we're on the topic of reviews, I finally found it from August 27th, 2020. The review from Canada that I saw and then disappeared. I found it. It is. Uh, I, I don't have a name or anything. It's just from Apple Podcasts Canada. But five stars, the best ESO podcast. Just started listening. This podcast teaches you different techniques for ESO and is one of the best podcasts in the Robots Radio. Sunglasses, happy face. Couple other happy face. Sunglasses, sunglasses, sunglasses. Happy. So, yes. Many happy faces, and I do the sunglass happy face emoji all over the place because that's just like when you're chilling, when you look looking cool. You know, right, dog? When you look cool.
2: I always look cool. What are you talking about,
1: right? Exactly. <laughs> so we get that. So thank you so much for that. And as always, we have said, it really does, like, make our day when you guys send in a review to us because... Uh, We just put the, you know, airwaves out. Who knows who hears them? And we absolutely appreciate the feedback. So, once again, thank you, Prevats. Straight up from uh, us to you. And we are very excited to be able to answer some of your questions that you had here. Because one best to talk about pvp than when people actually just had some enjoyment in it It seemed like there was some positive vibes in mid-year this year so let's keep the pvp talk flowing this is a perfect perfect time so dogged how should we uh how should we tackle these questions where should we start
2: i mean i think you know you should start with uh you know the best sieges for defending and keep right I mean, defense is important, especially if you want to win. And, yeah. Defense wins championships. Yeah. Yeah, If you don't have any defense, then, well, you're losing everything that you take, which isn't good.
1: Especially when you're uh, playing the Emperor card.
2: Your defense needs to be impeccable, but we'll get into that. Yeah, so uh, I kind of, like labeled them as like different like tiers tier ones being the cheapest and most abundant and it's like the it's the easiest thing that you can get and this is they're pretty good too. It's not like they're like garbage or anything. It's like you know they're pretty solid. You have flaming oil, meat bag catapult, and the fire ballistas. Each of all all of those are you know amazing. They're good. The only thing that, that can be improved is the fire ballista. But like I said, you know if you're just coming in new to PvP those are the three things that you'll probably want to be picking up for defense. Now, as you play, you know, more PVP. And so maybe you just got, uh, you open up a bunch of those plenumals. You'll start to get cold fire ballistas. And that's kind of like your tier two. You get cold fire ballistas from the pellet stuff, or, uh, you have a chance of getting them from the dark anchors at a drop. Pretty much. If you're at Pruma, if you do that dolmen. you have a chance to get, get, uh, Coldfire, uh, cold fire. and th- that's pretty much the only place that you really actually like do dolmens a lot inside of cereal unless if you are actively searching.
1: well, unless you're going for the,
2: I mean, yeah, the achievement for getting them all, all right. Yeah, but I mean, at that point, you'd be actively searching for the dolmens, right? Fair enough. Right? <laughs> so we have a tier three. This is like your situational and rarest, and these would be your lancers. And then you get them from the conquest mission, but you have a chance to get them. And not only that you have a chance to get them, you also have to go go outside of Syria. You have to go scry them. You have to go dig them up. And yeah, they're pretty rare. And they're the best things that you can have up for like up close combat, especially like if you put them on a flag and stuff. Combo that with meat bags and flamin' oil and... uh, Perfection. There you go, dog's
1: three tiers of destruction right there. Yep. And that, of course, is for defending a keep. Now, when you're taking a keep, there's plenty of nuances as well. Of course, rams are the most popular thing. You're going to see a lot of doors being ripped down because they have less uh, less overall health than the walls. So, you're gonna see people focusing on them, you could do a lot of damage to them, and you could put a ram down to them, which you will constantly see. But, one thing that some people might not know is that if you put a ballista down right in front of the door first, and a ram behind it, you run the ram up over it, and still let the ram run, well, someone could press you know, A or E or whatever on the ballista, and continue to shoot at the door pretty freaking awesome honestly it is a very awesome thing to do besides the fact that you need as many ballistas up as you can especially when you're talking about a ram so if you have one ballista up right in the center of it then you can continue to place ballistas right along the outside of it now even when i'm putting them down look you're on a ram Make sure you have those little people icons on your screen. It shows you you're on the ramp. You look to the outside, and then you could put a ballista up. Even if it's pointed to the outside at first, just turn it all the way around, point at the door, and start shooting around. Now, you could put, if it's just two or, well, three people have to be on a ram to make it active. So if you have three of you, you could have four at the I mean, at least three at the minimum ballistas, depending what castle you're on around the RAM. If you have a lot of flat space, you do four. If you're on a freaking like outpost with ultimate flat space, you get around six.
2: Right, Doc? Am I tripping? Yeah, pretty much any inner door at a keep, you have a pretty flat space too. Yeah. Yeah, outer doors are very tricky sometimes because, well, you have like. I don't even know. I haven't spent too much time. In se- I actually haven't been spending too much time. I mean, season. like, I'm thinking places like King's <laughs> Crest. And like, yeah, yeah. Well, know, there's has, like, only so many at, places at the front door. It's like, really? Why is this hill there? Who decided to put a door here? Like, there's <laughs> a hill right in front of your door. Yeah. Who's, who's the Zionists? They should be fired. So there's only
1: so many that are perfect. But yeah, when you're on the inner doors, when you're on outposts, things like that, you could really get effectiveness around your RAM. So this helps a lot because you can stack all kinds of damage on the door while you're just standing on the RAM. Shoot a ballista, look to the next one, shoot it. Look to the next one, shoot it. Look to the first one, shoot it again. You definitely do a rotation of three ballistas. You can even push four if you're the only one doing it. So... That is an awesome, awesome way to make sure you are doing the most effective damage while trying to take a keep. And it can be really helpful in the sense that if you start out at a door, when it's at 100%, put down a ram with a ballista in the center of it, and even if you have only four ballistas around it, one person's running to the other person's running to maybe the third person is just running the center one. You are going to rip down a door quite fast. And by the time it hits 50 and it flags the other faction, they might not have enough time to get to it, to defend it.
2: Yep. And then in that case, you'd be dealing with, you know, an empty keep or at the very least, there'll be like little to no enemy players. And if you have a decent sized group, the best way to, you know, go about that is you go all the way to back flag, and then you drop some of your ultimates, not all of them, because you want to, you know, save them in case, you know, some people come back. But yeah, you want to pretty much kill all the NPCs as fast as possible. And then you split your group about half and half on your flag so you can flip them as fast as possible. Any ults that you have left over, you want to, you just want to save up. And get ready for any uh, last-minute defenders that might storm in through the door, and you know, hopefully, you just kill them, and you successfully take the keep. Now, let's say you know there's a defended keep. You're fighting a defended keep, which has many enemy players, and you know, crazy, crazy stuffs going on. You know, uh, they're shooting cold fire ballista at that guy running his uh, ballista triangle, and he's just trying to shoot his three is out all in somewhere and he's like no counter he's just saying no there's oils there's meat bags, there's everything and but you finally break that inner door right so that first thing that you want to do is clear out the npcs on the first flag and near the transit shrine and anything else that's in that first little area just clear out every npc as possible especially if you're ranged because you don't want to go in there chances are it's a uh, there's probably meat bags or oils or ballistas. and it's it's bad, right? It's bad. <laughs> when you do push in, you, you kind of want to stick along the corners. you want to watch out for the counter seeds like oils, meat bags, anything like that. And whatever you do, you do not want to stack on that center flag or on the back flag because any bombers that are in the keep will jump down there, bomb them that flag and run back out and you have a group of people dead and yeah you have to try to pick them all up or if you have a camp up, you know, as you should, uh, you know, they can revive at a camp and hopefully, you know, yeah. Come back. Yeah. So when you do go in, you don't you do not want to push in, you know, one by one. You see people do that all the time and they always die one by one. You have to push in as a group. And when you go in, it's typically good if you have, you just go straight to the back and then you go upstairs to kill anyone on oils or other people on the way. But if you see someone dropping a gate or ultimates, then you might want to get back outside and hope for the best. And then, you know, my last little point is like, you know, you want to pray to the divines or the deja pray to whoever you believe is will help you the most uh, that they don't have five lancers sitting on the back flag with oil and meat bags protecting those lancers because then no matter what you do even if you have the emperor group and you outnumber them like three to one you're gonna die because you can't take that back flag you can't get around them because if you try to kill those lancers guess what you're standing in oils, or you're standing in wheat bags, and then they just drop in the gate on you, and then your emperor dies, and <laughs> and then, so, then someone bombs you, and then you're just dead, and your whole group's dead, and then yeah, it happened to me once. It was a <laughs> fun time because I couldn't heal my friends.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, sounds like uh, someone has some personal experience.
2: yes. It was uh, they didn't want us to take that keep. And yeah, we, they showed us the door. We didn't take the door, so they uh, forced us out through death.
1: <laughs> yeah, there has been a uh, a lot of interesting fights we've been in. And when keeps are thoroughly defended,
2: it can get pretty intense. Yeah, it was that 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 keep is like. You rarely see something defended that that heavily, especially with five lancers. It's. What do you I, think is
1: the most defended key? You see, I think it's either Alessia
2: or Arius. Uh, I I could agree with Alessia. I think, uh, I I'd say Alessia, Ash, and Chowman.
1: Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. I just like I don't know. Arius is a hard one to take. Especially because the way its front door has like that uphill like thing
2: right there. I mean, a lot of times when you're taking areas, though, like all of Ebenar Pact is, has been pushed back to that keep. So you're not only fighting yeah. like that keep, you're fighting like the entire Ebenar Pact.
1: Yeah, the entire red together.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, like wow, that's uh, that's thick. Yeah, I think like the most fights that I have like seen heavily defended that was a. Uh, that keep was it was chowman and chowman's pretty defended brk's pretty defended pretty much any any your m keeps that's like the last m keep or for whatever reason someone just really wants to hold on to it like that guy like they didn't didn't even have emperor and they defended it like they did and
1: yeah oh brk yeah i can get red gets pretty stingy with it but I've had the last one. It seems like every time I have a last Emperor keep, it comes down to A as well. And it's like, that's like a good one to defend for whatever reason. Yeah, I
2: prefer Ash because Ash is much more easily defended. Yeah, but you've only had Emperor like twice. Right? And both those times, you know, our last stand was at Ash. So we were doing something right.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. So, right here on the air, dog, totally obliterating everything we've talked about, will you push with them with me on PC so we can get the, the costume and everything unlocked?
2: No. I do not have time
0: wow. for oh, Wow.
1: <laughs> you guys heard it right here on the Red Diamond Curry. Yep. Dog will not push with me. Now, I'm yeah. going to have to bug him every single day, <laughs> every single week. He knows what he just signed up for. Like, it's just going to be harder now. <laughs> like, no was the wrong
2: answer. No, no was the right answer. No was the truthful answer. No was the truthful answer, but it's not necessarily the
1: right answer. Baby. I'll wait until you can heal people again, and then then Dog will be like, wow, you know what? PvP is fun again. Because PvP for us, you know, it's like, you know, we we care about our our NPCs and stuff. Dog can't even heal mage guards. Like, that's a big
2: thing for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by killing the uh, guards. That's nice. Especially in no CP. Our guards are OP.
1: Alright so aside from Our own emperorship When people Are emperor it can get pretty Crazy right I don't think we've actually ever Really talked about all the different Emperor buffs that someone could get I mean We're looking at double All your attributes Double your attributes recovery Double ultimate Regen Double Siege damage to a keep, which it doesn't count in a RAM. It's like when you're on a ballista, you do double damage. Yep, yeah, it only said doors and walls, not to like players. Yes, yes. Even though it was to players back in the day, but they, they changed that. Cause it I was wonder missing. why. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, am I missing anything there? Or is that as ridiculous as it gets? Uh, I think
2: that covers it pretty well. Yeah, pretty well, right? And then your entire alliance gets a health boost as well. There you go, right? Exactly.
1: So, Emperorship is a pretty crazy thing. It's pretty much like cheat mode engaged if you've never uh, played with it yourself. It's really fun uh, to have, and it's, it's... Honestly, I'd say it's... Pretty well worth the effort that it takes to get it. Would you say?
2: Would you agree? Yes, it yeah, it's fun.
1: It's yeah. definitely fun, and it takes a lot of work. You know, it's not something you could just get. So, before we get into too much emperorship, we're just going to start right off with when you're not emperor and you're facing an emperor. Now. Your faction, when facing against an emperor, is in dire straits. Like, clearly, you guys have been pushed back because for an emperor to be crowned, they have all six imperial circle keeps. So, you're starting at your heels. But, that doesn't mean that it's impossible to come back. The beauty of Cyrodiil is that there's three teams fighting over the entire land. Which means it's not like you have to just push back against one team and their emperor the entire time. There's one whole circle that is the most important part right around that imperial center. The imperial city and all that. Now, when you're trying to dethrone an emperor, you have to make sure the faction they're on owns none. Of the six. Imperial keeps. Now. This is where you're going to see a lot of. Possibly you know. Team green. Team purple. Or even team orange. In effect. Fighting. As a team to to dethrone the other emperor. Depending on how powerful they are. I mean. I've been in multiple fights on yellow. And on blue, as I currently reside and have been for many years Where they're like, don't fight the Don't fight them, fight the emperor, fight the red Fight, you know, just for ease of clarity Fight the red, don't fight the yellow or blue Make sure that we take them out We can fight over the castle later We need to dethrone the emperor first Emperor doesn't always mean the faction is going to go god mode. Not all emperors are as powerful as others. Some players get it for specific reasons. There's all kinds of reasons to do so. But when someone who truly has a build that is ready to be emperor and has ran for it and got it, they can be very powerful. And very deadly So dethroning them can be tough And you could definitely There's definitely different strategies Just as crowning for Emperor But you know Trying to make sure that you're hitting Opposite things of the other faction For instance if you were on blue And there was a red Emperor if you see AD hitting Alessia or Robeck, you're going to want to go hit Chalman and BRK. Like, let's try and distract. You know, you see Red hitting things. Let's go hit the things that are outside the reach. They're going to have to extend, you know, parts of their faction to go protect the North and the South. You can also try and push things like, you know, Ash and Ailswell. But then you may run into people in the blue faction are going to push from Ash to Nickel. And then you got AD people are going to push up from Robeck to if they get it to Nickel. And then you have Inner Conflict. And then you have, like, well, we want to push down to Robeck and fight the Yellows. And it's like, okay, yes, that's great and all. You know, more power to you. But... At the same time, Red's going to be sitting happy, just waiting to expand out again when they get, you know, localized and centralized once again. So, there's tactics So, there's tactics like that involved with the whole uh, overall thing of dethroning, and yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, as simple as it can be. Make sure they don't have any more central castles. But It can be tough to achieve that goal. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, put in about that, Don?
2: Yeah, a lot of times, or I guess not really a lot of times, but uh, sometimes that you'll see, like, in the chat, like, oh, like, you know, someone go flag, like, you know, where you're talking about, red. So let's go, someone go flag, like, the red, you know, uh, King's Trest in uh, Farragut, and you'll, you'll flag that. And with both of those flagged up, I've seen uh, Arius and Drake, though, then flag. And, like, as soon as people are running over, next thing you know, every red keep is flagged on the map. And if you're a red player, you don't know what's going on and what's actually being attacked or not, because all your keeps are flagged. You can't go anywhere. And it's it's one of those things that's like you don't see it too often, but when you do see it, you really hope that it's not your faction. And, yeah just like you were saying you know like it's all about the tactics and when you see a bunch of stuff flagged you want you have to go somewhere you have to choose what keep you want to find it are you gonna go protect your home keeps are you gonna go protect your ap buff are you gonna go protect your m keeps you know you have to make a dis- decision and if you get enough people split on that faction the chances are you know let's say you're 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 uh Let's say you were trying to take like one of the M keeps and one of the let's say that you're trying to take one of the M keeps and like King's Crest, one of the home keeps. And if you have both of your forces there, you might be able to take one or even both of those because maybe they all went to Arius and Drake Lowe and Farragut. And turns out there's only one guy there shooting three ballistas and it, the wall was only at like 40%. And yep. Then they have to travel all the way back. And by the time that that happens, like maybe you take the keep or maybe they defined one area and you still take a different keep. And it's all about pulling people away from where you want to attack. All right. So with that,
1: I can gladly agree those are the best ways to take down an emperor. Now, we're going to start talking about how to be an emperor here. Mainly, the first thing that you need to know about being an emperor is you are need to score an immense amount of AP. Like, just wow. It's going to need to be insane. And it may seem intimidating at first, however, I guarantee you that it's not as bad as it may seem, even if it's like, "Wow, I need millions of AP." You do it, and you could do it almost by yourself, but it's definitely better to have a friend or two or even a guild running with you because you're going to be scoring AP pretty much at a constant basis it can seem insane to even hear someone say but coming from myself a nine-time emperor on xbox and dogged four-time emperor on xbox i can guarantee you that we can tell you if you want to get to the front of the leaderboards there is no stop it is as insane as people say Especially if you want to make it happen in these 30-day campaigns. Before, there was a 7-day campaign, always, for the above 50 and, you know, everything. But, they took that away. and made it only a 30-day. So, your options may be a bit more limited than they used to. However, your best opportunity is right at that reset. Keep pushing for those first seven days. Keep scoring, scoring, scoring. And how you want to do that, you want to make sure that you're constantly at every possible AP tick going on. And that could come down to all kinds of different things. And, uh, dog, I guess I'll let you take it away for the first one here. Uh, Defense ticks.
2: All right. So the first thing that you want to do, as soon as you get to a keep, you put a repairing. Like, doesn't matter if you're wired there. Maybe even if even if you don't think anything's going on, you still put a door repairing or a wall repair. And you maybe all the walls are full, but if you go to like one of the like, if you go to like one of the corner walls, they kind of have that little section that branches out. You want to get that's a good wall to repair or the uh, posturing walls those are also pretty good a lot of times those are not always full but anyways the reason why you do this is because if there was fighting or even if like maybe someone just went up there maybe they blood spawned the thing like chances are there might be a defense tick and even if it's 500 ap you know that's still 500 more ap than you have and if you put in that repair that's you know that's helpful but, you know, maybe that could be, like, a nice little 15k defense stick. And you're like, wow, that one little repair that I did gave me 15k AP. I'm not going to go playing. And it can get even crazier if, like, there's actual fighting going on. And, yeah. Now, if you're at a keep and you are defending it, you should also put a repair into, like, whatever wall or door you have that's easily accessible pretty frequently that way that you are counted as the like defense log and then you just continue defending it but as soon as you see like whatever like let's say it's four dash as soon as you see like that four ash defense tick and if there's fighting still going on what you do is that you stop whatever you're doing you put in another repair in and then you continue defending because if you want to get emperor you have to really stack those defense ticks or you have to go take something. But uh, yeah. Your uh, like next little source of AP that you can do is just resource capping. And what's nice about resource capping is that you can do it solo. Uh, it's manageable. So like, it's a little bit harder than no CP, and it really kind of depends on your build. But a lot of times you just go in the tower, you take care of the maze guard, a mender, and whatever little guards that follow, and then you go back onto the flag. Um. Yeah, if you resource cap with like a couple friends or even like a small little group, or yeah, just if you if you resource cap with like some some friends or a small group or a small group of guildies, that kind of stuff, it goes much faster because taking the flab takes forever when you do it solo. And if you have two people, it goes you know twice as fast, and you know three, four, five. Yeah. You get you get the idea. Now, let's say, you know, your are resource capping down at, you know, Brindle, right? Or not Brindle. Now, let's say you're resource capping down at uh, Blackboot. And next thing you know, you see Arius is flagged with 20 out of 20 blue siege. And you have to... what, what? And the best way to get there is to take, use a keep recall zone. So that's the next thing. You want to have lots of keep recall zones. At least a few. You know, like five is a good number to have on at all times, and what you do is that you use that keep recall stone anywhere. You can, you can you can use the keep recall stone anywhere as long as it's like a decent ways from the keep or from a farm or resource, and then you go keep resource crap, and then you go use that keep recall stone to go back up to like Chowman, and then you'd run over to Arius, and then you you know. You get that tick because at the end of the day, if you're pushing for Emperor, you want to be scoring as much AP as possible. Even if that means, you know, you're just running in the doors and the keep flips. And you're like, yes, you barely made it. You know, it's always a good feeling to, you know, barely making the tick and over like you barely missing the tick. It's always the worst. The last thing that you can kind of do for, you know, scoring AP is after you take a keep. Uh, what you want to do is you want to just start repairing right away or start repairing your breach. And this can earn you like one or two K extra AP, especially if you're like the only one who does it, but just make sure that, you know, you still make it to that resource. That's probably being worked on as you're repairing, because if you miss out on that resource, that's like 1.5 K and then the numbers don't really you know, they don't really work in your favor, but if you can get like 600 at the door, that's full. You go to that resource, you grab the resource, and you're making good headway. And yeah. So, dog, you're talking a lot about scoring AP, my friend, but
1: scoring AP is not the only thing that makes you emperor. I could be the master of scoring AP. AP Psycho, all that stuff And then, boom, first place Oh man, I'm the best one Everyone's like, who is that Chachinsky? First place, oh my gosh And this happened Real life First place But no emperorship It means nothing Dog You gotta get first place, but you gotta do more, man you got to get some freaking castles.
2: Yes. Yes, you have to get some castles. That is true. But what kind of castles, Bob?
1: <laughs> Not only do you have to get six castles, but you have to get all the castles along the Imperial Circle. One, two of the DC, two of the EP, and two of the AD. It can be rough. It can be, honestly, really rough. Honestly, there's been times that we've been first and haven't gotten Emperor because of this one reason. And those are the ones that sing. Man, those those ones hurt.
2: Yeah, those can be uh, pretty bad.
1: We both definitely have gone through one. Yeah. So. You know, and that's another thing, you know, don't give up if you try and you get first and even if you get up to first in leaderboard and you're just scoring all you can, going all over the place, like we said, getting every resource possible, hitting everything that comes flagged. Um, you know that is all important, but at the same time, if you can't get the sixth Keeps then it's just It's gonna feel like him in nothing that's what I Felt to my necro Who finished first place And the whole week of the Campaign and never Got him it was rough So When you're pushing for him you gotta Get to first place you gotta get All of these six keeps And sure It could be daunting I would honestly Say make sure when you get to first you can maintain it for at least a day or so. get to a point where you will see the tides go up and down. Does't matter you're still first? Push back out from being gated or whatever how close you are and then start skipping things. Go it's a Janus instead your okay. Then when people are pushing Chaman you could get Sejanus. And you can push towards Alessia and then worry about the rest after. BRK is usually seems to be the last one for me, for whatever reason. But I've also had Chalman be the one where I get crowned too.
2: Yeah, I think most of my uh, last M keeps were like Alessia or Roback. BAD keeps. I think one of them was like Elswell because we ended up pushing like, all, the, all the way around as EP was going in the circle. But we were faster.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's how it goes sometimes too. And that's the big thing about being Emperor. Like, you have to make sure that if a faction is like coming up quick on your heels or whatever, like, you might want to just slow down, knock that faction out, get a substantial foothold in the north and south, or at least east and west. It's the point where you could push because. If you don't have a solid push and it gets ruined, it could be one of your only chances, which is frustrating. But with the 30-day campaigns as well, you could really push hard and establish a lead that will let you perform throughout the, you know, however long and uh, try and establish something good. So, but yeah, and you know, for us, pushing for Emperor, that's what, you know, it has been all about. Some of our Emperor runs, that's where I met Dog. We've had all kinds of fun, and it may seem intimidating to score that much AP at first, but anyone could do it. Just keep making sure you're everywhere that anything is popping off, and you can get some AP from it. And then you keep pushing when things get quiet, repairing, doing all kinds of stuff like that to make sure you score the maximum amount of AP And As much as siege weapons might am like oh I can get a lot from siege weapons Make sure if you're going to Siege weapons that you're still scoring Points from like killing other things And repairing as well Because those extra defense sticks Those could be what really make a difference Yeah,
2: And then like One little last thing that I uh, Want to kind of add is this is Happened to I guess this ha- hasn't happened to me, but I've seen that happen. Is that uh let's say that, you know, you're in first place, alright? And you get all six M keeps, but you don't get thrown you don't get Crown Emperor. Now, this could either be a bug, especially, you know, I've had it be a bug where it didn't happen to me and we have no idea why. There's been plenty of speculation on why, but I think it was just bugged because it was an extra campaign and maybe they weren't ready or something. But uh but like let's say you know you're doing this in a you know a main campaign and you have all six them keeps and you didn't like crown. And the reason why this was probably happened is because the person who crowned before you abdicated their throne. And this is like the worst thing that someone can do. Like even if their intentions are good, it's still pretty bad because when you're emperor, you get the emperor bonus, right? And you have the emperor, the they're all buffed up and your whole alliance gets more health. And but more importantly, you know that you have emperor. Now if you abdicate your throne, you lose all that. And not only that you lose all that, you also have to be dethroned. You have to lose your entire emp circle. But if you haven't been on like the entire time, you might not know if you actually lost your entire emp circle yet or not. And that's when you really don't know. And it's like, oh, well, they abdicated, and I, I wasn't on earlier, but hey, let's push the you know, inner circle. You guys get the inner circle. We didn't get crowned. And that's when you realize, like, oh, you know, so-and-so never uh, actually got dethroned. And, you know, then you lose a bunch of morale, and it all goes downhill from there. And, yeah. So yeah, uh, if you always be wary if you see uh, that your former emperor has abdicated the throne, kind of keep an eye on that, like because that, like I said, like when uh, your faction sees that or like that, that can just be demoralizing for people, especially if you pull in like guildies to help and like, oh well, we did it, and no, you didn't I did it, and yeah, I've been you know a part of that ride and. As like you know a guilty helping somebody And it's like well I did it once and I really don't want to do it Again because Yeah
1: I mean to Not put you under too much blame It is a scenic ride To say the least Yeah So Dogged As always We like to take time For our compatriots and we're totally glad to answer questions about all the stuff that uh, our five-star review had for us here. Now, honestly, clearly, Dog is not going to push for Emperor with me and PC. Hopefully sometime through this year, i will be able to convince him we can get some runs going off. If not, maybe I could do it myself. But, Dog, so... I hope that we've educated everyone enough to get at least started on doing their own Emperor Run if they wanted to, at least with some more information on Cyrodiil and overall generalness. I know that you laid out some awesome builds for people earlier. If anyone wants to get further in touch with us and talk more about all the fun stuff coming up, where can they find
2: us? All right, you can find us on Twitter at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on our Facebook of The Red Diamond Creator. You can also find us in our ESO or Xbox field of Heirs of the Red Diamond. And you can join that using the Robots Radio Discord found on RobotsRadio.net.
1: And if you check our show notes, you'll find links to our merch store, to ESO-Hub.com and to all of our awesome sponsors plus RobotsRadio.net. So we encourage you to check out all of those as always. Now, dog where can the people find you?
2: Alright, they can find you on Xbox, Twitter, and ESOPC. All of that, Dog Bark 24. Uh, yeah, that's it.
1: And if you guys want to catch me, it's going to be Bob Chachinsky on ESO and everything all over the place. With a space on Xbox, with an underscore on Twitch, Twitter, and ESOPC. Thank you guys so much for hanging again. All our awesome listeners, all our old and new listeners, thank you everyone for coming to hang out with us. We hope we gave you a little bit more information on being emperor of the one and only Cyrodiil, and we will see what the future has to bring us. Thanks for joining us. Catch you on the flip.
2: Yep, see ya.
0: In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stopped loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later... They emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of 2, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, rated R, now streaming on your hollow tape player, podcasty thing.